Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be. It's me, your buddy Junkman, back to annoy your asses with yet another edition, exciting edition of Junkman Radio. As always, from Doll Hut Studios here in Anaheim, California, your one-stop shopping for recording and rehearsing your band and broadcasting and all kinds of fun things. Located right next door to the world-famous Doll Hut Club. Seen him so many rock and punk shows over the years, I can't even tell you. And directly across from the 5 Freeway. So for your convenience, depending on traffic. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you can make it, man. It's going to be a great show today. Lots to turn you on to. Lots to make you happy with. All from my personal collection right here at uh, Junkman Radio. So let's get it started, shall we? Let's get rocking. Looking forward to seeing these guys again very soon. Hopefully you have and will, or maybe if you haven't, this is what you're going to get. It's what's coming. It's Rival Sons. It's Junk Band Radio. Let's rock.
Junkman Radio, England rocks. That it does. I've been told. I've never been there. Maybe one of these days. That's the Down and Outs, the side project slash band of uh, one Joe Elliott, who's the singer for Def Leppard. And uh, his take on an old uh, Ian Hunter song, who was a big hero to him, to Joe and uh, many others, myself included. A big guy. Big fan of his as well as his band Mott the Hoople. Very instrumental in my knowledge of rocking back in the day. But, uh, yeah, he's still around too, man. He still uh, does music and still does things, and it's great. But down and outs, cool stuff. England rocks. Started that set out with Rival Sons right here in Long Beach, California. That's where they're from. And uh, that's from their first EP that is called Get What's Coming. And, indeed, that was a taste of what was coming from that band. My first listen to anything from Rival Sons was that one right there. It's like, wow. <laughs> Black Label Society uh, was after that with Genocide Junkies. Played the unedited Roger Glover remix of Deep Purple's Black Knight. Going way back to about 1970 with that number. Played Love, Hate. And Blackout in the Red Room, just a classic from those guys. That was one of my favorite bands out of the Sunset Strip era back in the 80s when all those bands were popping up, and most of them really sucked. But those guys were really, really good. And it's cool because Johnny Love, who is the uh, guitar player for that band, did my theme and outro music for this junk band radio. So hope you dig his work. He's a good guy. As well as Nick Menza. He used to be the late Nick Menza, I fortunately have to say, but uh, he played drums with Megadeth for a while. He was on drums on my theme song, too. 
So, and then again, down and outs right there with England rocks. Okay, one of my favorite artists, one of my favorite people is uh, guitar player Joe Satriani, and he's got a brand new record out. This is uh, the single from it. It's called 1980, brand new from Joe Satriani here on Junkman Radio. Crank this up. You are going to love it.
Junkman Radio. Yes, I want to rock too, baby. That's what we do here. We rock. That's some Canadian rock from April Wine. Yup. April Wine. Going back to, I don't know, late 70s, early 80s on that one. Haven't heard much from them. I know a few members of them are still around and maybe even touring as April Wine, but who the hell knows. We'll find out this summer when everybody just kind of... <laughs> Kind of packs up the bags and hits the road, you know? The Creation with Biff Bang Pow. Gotta love that song. Preceded uh, April Wine. I played The Who. And from The Who's next album, My Wife, featuring uh, the late, great John Entwistle on the bass and vocals on that. I played Van Halen with Runaround. That's one I haven't heard in a while. Van Hagar version. Just great Eddie Van Halen tone, as always. Played Mr. Big... An undertow. And I started this set with something brand new from Joe Satriani. That one was called 1980. I'm going to have to get Joe on the show here pretty soon. I'm going to start making some phone calls and make that happen. Do you know, man? Do you know what I mean, baby? Joe's a, Joe's a, a good man. Ah, what a guitar player. Holy shit. Jesus, can he play that thing? Unbelievable. All right, great record. One of my favorite ones in the last uh, couple of years. It's not even a record yet. It's an EP. I don't even know if it's out yet, but I have it. Great band I've been telling you about. This is Dirty Honey and their latest Rolling Sevens on Junk Band Radio. Let's groove, baby.
Jumpman Radio. Make it rain, baby. That, my friends, is Silverthorn and Tear the Sky Wide Open. One of my favorite tracks of the last year or so. Love it. Man, had them on the show, too. They talked for a while and uh, told us about all things Silverthorn, hopefully coming to a city near you. Started the sh- the set out, I should say, with uh, Dirty Honey and Rolling Sevens. Big hit for those guys. Second one in a row that's just climbing the charts. And you heard it here first, the Junkman Radio. My boys, Little Caesar with Hard Times, going back to their first LP. Played Tesla's version of uh, the James Gang song, Walk Away. Love their version of it, man. Tesla's just such a talented band. They can play just about anything. And they have such great music, man. Got some new stuff out, which... uh, I've been playing here, Junkman Radio. Pearl, that's Pearl a Day, daughter of uh, Meatloaf, wife of Scott Ian from Anthrax. Just a great vocalist in her own right, and her band Pearl from their first record. And check out Charlie, just a rocking tune, man. That girl's got such a great set of pipes, man. She can she can definitely uh, kick it up a, a notch or two. Slash and Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators did Wicked Stone. Just an awesome, awesome rock song. And again, played Silverthorn right there with Tear the Sky Wide Open. Hey, it's Junkman. And on the line, I have an old friend and uh, quite a talent, I might add. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this gentleman in a lot of ways, of, just as a guy and as a, as a fan of his music and his style. I have Jeff Scott Soto on the line for me. How you doing, brother? My man, well, first of all, we need to we need to come up with a new way of saying old friend. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's it's one of the, it's one of those it's one of those habits, right? You know, it's just yeah, for, for both our sake, I guess. <laughs> just plain friend, I guess, would work. How's that sound? Exactly. No, it, it's dude. I've known you for so long, and uh, and we're not spring chicken, so I guess it, the, the shoe does fit on that category. This is true. Uh, congratulations on this great new record uh, from this band, Sons of Apollo, and it's your second record. Uh, recording with this group of gentlemen. And I got to say, for people that are unfamiliar with Sons of Apollo, this is one of those quote-unquote all-star bands. Now, you hear that a lot in rock music, in progressive rock music, and all kinds of different things. This is a true all-star band. Everybody in this band is the cream of the crop. And it's like, kind of like when the original band Cream got together. It's people that absolutely love each other's playing and and coming together and playing together and i just i've written about it i've seen it and it, up front i just got to say it's such a pleasure as a part-time musician myself and a big fan of of the music just to see the joy out of all five faces of this band when you guys are playing that you absolutely look like you're having a ball with each other and would not be in any other place but there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Did that make sense? That, <laughs> absolutely. And that, that, that was very important to us that, uh, that is perceived how we actually feel about it, that it is perceived as a band because, uh, you know, as you said, these all star things, these super groups, all those, all of the above, they're, uh, they're difficult for people to take serious or to even commit to and, and put time and money and energy and effort. You know, the, the ideal of a band being created by, by a, Bunch, a group of individuals that grew up together. They they practice in their garage. They they slaved it together. 
They worked it from the bone, from the ground up. It, obviously, it's, it's different coming from this approach. We, we all did all that uh, with other people and, you know, individually. Putting that to, that to now collectively, it's hard for people to take that seriously. If, if, it's, uh, if, if it's something we're even going to continue with, if it's something that if it will only continue if it sticks, if it doesn't, you know, say la vie. But this is something we all committed to. We, we knew from day one that even if we sold 200 copies, we're just going to keep battling it and, and, and breaking it down the same way a band that, that does it the old traditional uh, way of, you know, hey, let's, you know, my neighbor down the street and this guy, this guy I went to high school with. It's, we, we tried to go with that ideal in, in showing people that this is a real deal. Yep. Well, it's like you took that a cue from that old "We Are the World" sign and said, "Check your ego at the door," which is awesome. Exactly. You know, and it, and it's cool because I told you guys this after the first time. I said, "Please don't make this a one-off project." And true to your word, man, you guys came out with a second record, and the second record is called Twenty Twenty. Uh, at yeah. first, you know, at first I was probably like every other moron that just went MMXX. And I think I actually backsold it uh, a couple of times as that because I'm not rolling. You know, I don't it, know it, rolling it works, numbers, you know? <laughs> yeah, it works either way. I mean, because it, when you're looking at it, we're, and we're, we're not Romans, we don't read Latin, we don't read. You right. know, it, we're looking at it as the letters MMXX. Right. But if anybody has uh, ever, ever looked at any television program, even to this day, even right. movies, they're still using the Roman numerals at the end of every one of these titles because that's just the, the old traditional way of showing what year it was released or made or whatever. I and see that old, exactly- I, yeah, I see that old hand coming down with the little hammer that hits a bing yeah. on the old TV shows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely. And, and because we, we, we kind of wanted to follow up on the whole Roman theme that, that the, you know, this, the, the whole structure of the crest, the, the album cover of the first album, including the new one, it has that that kind of Roman theme to it based on the, the fact that the name is Sons of Apollo. So utilizing the Roman numerals to the fact that this is one of the first albums, one of the first releases of the year of the decade 2020, we wanted to emphasize on it. Just to call it 2020 would, would seem, okay, they couldn't come up with something more original. You know, Van Halen did 1984, and now they're just doing 2020. This is a more clever way of, of releasing it that way. Now, was that something that, that, that one person brought to it, or was that something that, uh, that maybe, I don't know, uh, was, was a group decision initially, or how did that, how did that all come about? Yeah, that's a that's a Portnoy call. He's uh-huh. uh, he's kind of the captain of the ship when it comes to the creative end. When you know, regarding everything from the logo to the the color scheme to <clears throat> to how the whole thing's going to overlay quality uh, control. With, with, <laughs> we, yeah, quality control exactly. <laughs> you know, and and that's the thing. You know, a lot of people would normally think, oh, he's just a control freak, or he just wants to have it his way, and that's not it at all. We're all so busy with it, where we all come from and came from with other things. We're happy to, to delegate one person to, to kind of oversee the whole thing. So because he loves the creative end, everything from uh, from sequencing the album to, to choosing the set list to how the actual album cover is going to look, we, we say absolutely go for it, run with it. Because we know, we know in the end he's going to come up with something that we're all going to agree with anyway. So, which is amazing. Yeah, which is amazing to me because, you know, simply he's like in 20 other bands at the same time, you know? <laughs> and, and he does the same with those other bands. Yeah, he just, yeah. You know, he's OCD with, with how he wa- how he kind of envisions things. And, and that's a great thing to have in, in any band. I mean, I, I, I have to do with a lot of the bands that I'm in just because we don't have that kind of uh, creative 
the ciders and, and the different things that I'm doing. So it's great to kind of take a break from it and let somebody else run with it, knowing that you can, they're going to come up with something that truly works. Well, for those of the, those are the people that are very unfamiliar with it, like, I don't really know who that would be at this juncture, but uh, Mike Portnoy plays drums and obviously is in charge of quality control. We got uh, Billy Sheehan on the bass, uh, Ron Bumblefoot Fall on the guitar, the incredible Derek Sherinian on keyboards, and of course, who I'm speaking with is uh, vocalist Jeff Scott Soto, a.k.a. the Sons of Apollo. Now, with this particular not only just the name of it too was this something that you guys came together collectively or again is this another portnoy thing yeah that was uh that was actually derek and mike and and that was that was more so the earlier stages of the band before we even played played or recorded one note together mm-hmm. as uh as the idea or i'm sorry as the ideal of who was going to be in this band and and uh once that was locked down they obviously needed a name for it. So they were just bouncing the ideas back and forth. And uh, originally, and Mike's got this, uh, he's got this back catalog of names. Anytime he comes across a name that would sound great as a band name or an album title or something like that, he's got like this, this long laundry list of names of, of things <laughs> that could be used in the future, especially somebody like Mike. He's, he's probably always needing and searching for band names and, and titles, et cetera. And they were just looking at his, his long list and, and one of the original things was Apollo. Uh, actually, I think they wanted to call the band Apollo Creed, but we, we realized <laughs> that there's going to be legal ramifications with that. Yeah, right. And so, but they they loved the way the word Apollo stuck out, and that's when they started toying around with different things. It's it's also ironic that Ron was working with a band called Art of Anarchy at the time, and Sons of Apollo, and then Sons of uh, what's it, Sons of Anarchy. It, it was just weird timing that. The, the the TV show with Ron's last project and then now Sons of Apollo, you have the of thing, the sons of, and then the anarchy thing. It was just like, oh my God, how does <laughs> how is this all coming together? So, so uh, it, it it seemed like it was just a coincidence. Well, it's almost like music notes. I mean, there's only so many notes on a scale, so eventually something's going to sound like something else, you know. So yeah, of I, course. I, I I can imagine it would be uh, something similar with naming your band but these the, days, you know. So. The funny part it was when the early stages of Sons of Apollo. When you, if you like Google it, you as soon as you put Sons of, the only thing that would come up was Anarchy. Now. Sons of Apollo actually pops up now as a, as a choice when you put Sons of yeah. before you get to the A part. It's, it's kind of cool that we've been, we've been able to establish a name enough that now even Google will, will throw it out there before you even finish putting the title out. Oh, that's great. Well, so, and no, like, like some bazooki band in Greece doesn't have the title of that particular thing and are yelling at you at the same time every time you use it, right? There's been that none of that, too, either, right? It's certain. It certainly is the tough part of coming with the band name these days. It's everybody's. It just, everything's been used. Even the strangest things that you, you come up with, these strange um, collaborations of words and ideas. And like next thing you know, there's a, a band in Santa Ana that plays on a swap meet with the same name. Right, right. <laughs> no, what, what, which leads me into my into my next question for you is, you know, you guys, this is your second record. Now, these are five individuals that are just all so accomplished. How do you go to the next level after that first album, which was so iconic? You know, how did, well, how did, how did you go into, into uh, 2020 with this, uh, with this particular thing? Did you, did you learn some things off that first record or was it just more tracks that you guys just get together and it just comes out of you? Um, 
a little bit of both, I would say. I mean, the, the first album, I had no idea what the guys were expecting me to come up with. And in general, I got the gig without any, there was no audition. None of us had to audition or, or see if we were right for this band. It, it was, we were all hand selected and, and chosen and decided upon by Mike himself mm-hmm. in the sense that he knew this would be a powerhouse band. Uh, that being said, me coming in, I didn't know if they expected it, me to sing like uh, like James Debris doing the, the higher kind of operatic vocals that, that normal prog bands are known for. I didn't know if they expected me to come up with something completely left field because even somebody like Bumblefoot, his solo records, yeah. they're a little different. They're a little more on the alternative side and they're not of the norm. So I had a lot of weight on my in my shoulders and even in my head like, okay, I got to come up with something that Bumblefoot's going to say, that's really cool and that's creative, that Derek's going to say that that really has the great hook. I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if I was supposed to be drawing from Guns N' Roses, Mr. Big, uh, Winery Dogs, and putting it all into one big pot, or if I was just, just supposed to be me. So the first album, thankfully, I had Mike and Derek to kind of bounce ideas off, and we, we basically pieced all my melodies and all my lyrics together as a as you know, as a group, we we collectively did it as a group. For album number two, I already had that foundation set. I already knew exactly what to do and what we had established and, and laid down. And I knew exactly how to carve out a Sons of Apollo song. We had, we now had a foundation and a sound, and now it's time to build on it and elaborate on it. So the second one by far was a lot, I don't want to say easier, but it, it just, it gave me something to, to kind of, take from mm-hmm. and that being said i think there's more personality in my vocals there's more personality in my lyrics on this new album than there were on the first album because again that was done as a group effort i'm not used to working with people kind of helping me and molding me of what i'm supposed to come up with i, I naturally have that after 35 36 years of doing this for a living but for a new group for it to actually be able to fit and everybody in the group itself to agree and go, man, this is strong. This is great. That was the tough part on the first album. Right. The second album, not so much. It, it, I, I kind of knew where to draw from at that point. Well, knowing you, I, I could definitely see the the personable part, but especially like uh, with "Desolate July," one of the tracks off right. that. But uh, yeah, it, it. I was that answers my question completely. <laughs> Just I, well, yeah, and and that's the thing, you know. I, I on the first album, I don't want to say I'm homogenized. But there, I, I definitely was not, I wasn't kind of uh, the, the lion let loose from the cage in the sense of, I was the lion, but I was kind of in a cage in the sense of putting little personality, little hoots and hollers and, and screams and this and that and, and the other. On this album, they, they kind of left me alone and I was able to toy around with different things and, and come up with my own things before they even heard what the final outcome was going to be. Mm-hmm. And from that, my personality, I think, shines more on this new record. Absolutely. Not only on the record, but on stage, too. I uh, I saw you again live just recently at the Roxy in Hollywood. Yeah. That stage couldn't hold you. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. there, was so much, there was so much going on on that stage. Jeff, I, uh, for anybody that's seen Jeff sing live, there's a lot of energy coming out, not only out of his throat, but out of his body as well. And there was no way that you were going to stay on that stage. And you were all, right, over, right. all over that room, man. It was awesome to well, see. Dude, that, that, comes from, that comes from my old school uh, influence and upbringing in the sense of my, my DNA includes the, the showman side of, yeah. I would say, Freddie Mercury, of, of David Lee Roth, of Prince, you know, the, 
you've got to give them something to look at instead of just something to listen to. Yep. And I think the visual is just as important as the audio. And, and, and so I naturally just, I, I, I ham it up. I can't help it. I, I, I can't be harnessed on stage. And it reminds me, it's, it's kind of funny you, you bring that up because even when I first joined Journey, I, I, they, they tried to kind of pull it back. He's like, dude, this is not Van Halen. You got to pull back the reins and stop doing that those kind of movements and antics. Yeah, that was like, not going to happen. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I can't harness that. Yeah, I, I, I don't even think about it when I'm up there. I'm just doing as I do. I'm not. I'm not thinking. Okay, pull it back here and put more here. I I just do it, and wow. it's it's not even a, a second thought when I'm on stage. It just happens when the music happens. I happen. Well, the fact is that a lot of people are going to be able to see. They just got done with the with the United States part, the first part of this tour. I'm sure yeah. you're going to be coming back again eventually. But uh, you guys are off to Europe, so our European audience is going to get to see all kinds of stuff. What you guys are going to do, I would imagine. Since, since because I, I hate to say it, but I think that the music may be even more appreciated overseas than it is in the United States, especially the way the pop music scene is going in the United States. You know, it's a very, very semi-homogenized audience here. Uh, In Europe, they just go absolutely buck wild for whatever you guys are going to do. So. If you want, if you want to talk about next level, even from Europe, uh, South America, yep, it's, it's, exactly, it's unbelievable what happens down there in the yep. sense of the energy, the uh, the vibe, and it's it's certainly even a few a few pegs, a few levels up from the European audiences. But yeah, I mean that's the differences around the world. There, there's uh, one thing I I do love about the European side of performing and, and touring in that area, in those areas is that um, they're a little more loyal without putting my own country down with my, my own rock fans and my own backyard here down. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not putting them down at all, but in Europe, it seems like they're, they, when they get into something, they really hold on to it. And they'll hold on to it for decades mm-hmm. where the U S seems to be a little more fickle than more, a little more here today, gone today in the sense of uh, I'm on to the next thing after this, after two or three, four or five years in Europe. If you if you got them, you got them for life. Yeah, and that's and that's probably what backs up what you were saying and on how much more it's appreciated or the energy level is it's you know stands up a little more over there. Well, starting February 29th is when you guys are heading over there. You're going to start out in Germany, then go to Norway, Sweden. Uh, you're going to be playing in the Ukraine. You're going to be playing in Russia. Have you ever been to Russia before? Uh, we I actually did for the first time. I played Russia with. Um, with Sons of Apollo ever. I never went there with any other band. Wow. And so we're going back there and doing, we're doing more again this time around. And, uh, it, it did open up a new market for me on a, on a solo level and, you know, my, my own other things. So that's, that's a beautiful thing that I can actually go. And that's, that's the thing about Sons of Apollo. I can go visit the countries that I normally play at, um, in, in a bigger level, but I'm also hitting other places I've never been to that I've always wanted to play. Well, just thinking, you know, back in the day, you and I both remember when you could not play rock music in Russia, you know? There was, it just right. didn't happen, 
So now Absolutely. you guys are heading over there. You're going to be playing a couple of shows over there. You're going to Switzerland, Italy. You're going to Spain, which I know you're a Spaniard, man. That's got to mean a lot for you is going over there. Do you still have uh, a lot of family in the old country over there? It's Delta? Well, uh, well, I'm Puerto Rican, so uh, oh, okay. I, I come from the island that's 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 part of the U.S. Okay, uh, I thought it was Spain, Spain initially. I, okay, so well, no, there, my mistake. And there is there is some uh, Spaniard uh, blood running through our, our family tree, but uh, for the most part, it's uh, it's Puerto Rico. Yeah, wow. but it, it nonetheless, it, I do have a, a nice rapport out there with with the the country and the people. So. Absolutely. Everybody that I that I've talked to that has played over in Spain said that it's one of their favorite places to play, simply because just the country's not only just so beautiful, but again, it goes back to the people being appreciative, and yeah. uh, they just they Absolutely. love their music over there. So, but uh, you're also going to France, England, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Slovakia, and uh, right. finishing off in uh, the end of March in Hungary. Wow, it's uh, it's going to be quite an interesting tour. It's it's going to be a fun run, and, and we are missing even on that tour. We're, we're missing a lot on on this tour. We we kind of uh, consolidated the markets that are our strongest in, in in terms of not only attendance but uh, where we know it will actually work absolutely work, as opposed to just trying to add other places where we're trying to break it. I think those places need a little more time while we're. It's best that we feed the areas that we know absolutely work and let the other ones kind of slowly come to the table so we can once we do go back we we can hit those those other markets and and know that it's not either not going to be a loss or we're not going to be playing in front of you know 50 people i mean that's, right. that's that's the other hard part about what we're doing in this day and age is it's it's really difficult to to show that this is a real entity and that we're going to be around for a long time and so a lot of people don't treat it as such so they're kind of like well I don't want to waste my money and my time. The band's <laughs> not even going to be around next year. Yeah. The more we keep doing, the more we sh- we're showing them, hey, you're missing the party. You better you better come down because uh, this thing is this is a freight train that's just going to keep rolling. Yep. Well, if people want to find out more information, they can go to your website, which of course uh, sonsofapollo dot com. Correct. And, yep. uh, and, and social and our, medias. All, our individual uh, individual websites also where we push everything. Uh, collectively and individually. So obviously, googling is the best way to just find out sure. who and where we are. So, and now that we know that we're not coming up with a with a bazooki band from Greece, we're going to be coming up for <laughs> the sound, Sons of Apollo. You can go right there, and that's all you need. So, um, yeah, let's get into some of the music, man. I mean, the first track off off of this particular record is "Goodbye Divinity." What can you tell us about that track? Well, that was a, that's actually the first song I dove into as far as lyrics and melodies. Uh, um, and it's uh, when, when these guys give me music or anybody gives me any music to write to, it, one of the first questions I get most of the time are these leftover songs from the last album? Are these old ideas? Everything on this album was fresh and brand new and, and, and basically created and carved for this record. There, there's no leftovers. There's no, well, I had this thing that I was going to show you guys, but maybe I'll save it for the next album. Not at all. Everything is fresh and brand new. So when I heard that song or any of the songs on this album, they kind of dictate what the songs or the themes are going to title is going to be about. Mm-hmm. And and again, I came up with the melodies first, and then when I was coming up with the, the lyrics and kind of fitting lyrics over the melodies that, that were come up with that I came up with, it was um, Goodbye Divinity itself. The the theme behind it is exactly what we've been talking about this whole time. The fact that. We're a new band, but for all intents and purposes, we are a brand new band. 
And coming out of the gate with that whole supergroup all-star thing behind us, I think there might have been a bigger expectation that this thing's going to fly right out of the gate. And the fact that we had to build from the ground up this band, it's the divine, the divine part of that, of where we come from, was kind of laid to rest. We couldn't, re- we couldn't rely on the fact that we all come from these big places and it was going to turn this band into a monster band. Mm-hmm. We, even though we have that behind us, we still had to work for it. We still had to work from the ground up. So I was basically saying we have to say goodbye to the divine side of where we come from and treat this as we are starting from the ground up. And that's where the title Goodbye Divinity came from. That's very interesting. That's awesome. I would have never thought about that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, and I, I also write my lyrics. I also write a lot in double entendre. So yeah. I, I love that you can read the lyrics and think it's about something else. When yep. It could be about something completely out of context of what you thought I was actually writing at. And I, I, I always do that. I, and I love that context. Kind of like when you read a book compared to watching the movie, yep. you get way more from the book itself because you're, you're getting your own interpretation of what you're reading compared to somebody else's visual when you're watching it on the screen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. This one, again, this is, uh, it starts out with this, with this really, really cool Derek Sherinian sound, or is that, or is that Ron on his guitar? I really can't tell because his upper no, he plays that's... a he plays a double neck, and he's the top one is fretless, so it could come up with basically any sound you want to come up and think about. But uh, if it's all keys, that was yeah. uh, that was something Derek was working on on the uh, the first tour actually. Mm-hmm. He, when we were doing sound checks, I heard him noodling with these these sounds and this little intro thing, and and uh, I did I had no idea it was, it was actually working on coming up with something that might turn into a song. He was just doing these things that I thought maybe would be added to his keyboard solo section or something like that. And, and lo and behold, when they sent me the songs, Oh, that's where that came from. I remember that. Yeah. You played that in, you played that in Philadelphia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Well, let's give it a shot right now. Again, this is uh, sons of Apollo and from their brand new record, uh, 2020, this is called goodbye divinity.
Hey, again, this is Junk Man back with uh, Jeff Scott Soto. Again, that was Sons of Apollo, Goodbye Divinity. I hope you enjoyed that. It's from their brand new record, 2020. Nice work, man. Um, the, right on, man. Thanks. Every, it's 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 so weird for me as a, as a DJ to, to say, "Wow, that guitar player, that guitar solo was awesome." But I mean, it's just like every single bit on this record, every solo is incredible. So where do you just go with just one? It just leads into you know five different things. The vocals were great. The guitar player was great. The drums were great. It's just it, um, my head is spinning, you know. And it's just uh, I've seen it live, so even more so, I know where that's at. But uh, you know, you're the lyricist. You know, you're the you're the one that comes up. Now, are you basically the? Do you come up with the bulk of the lyrics on this on this particular uh, project? Yeah, or- on this album, absolutely. On the first album, we we were bouncing ideas again because I didn't know where we or where my role um, lied, and so I I would come up with the basis of the or the skeletal part of the lyrics and the theme, and then we would maybe tweak or, or change a few things and in the end you know it's i had to gain the respect of who and what i do who and how i do it for, for this band that doesn't make any sense either um mm-hmm. but the bottom line is it's i don't i'm not going to go to derek and say hey I, that keyboard sounds interesting so but maybe this one would be better or maybe if you played these notes or these parts and the same with mike strumming or any all across the board it's not my position to tell any of these guys, especially these guys, how and what to do with their instruments. So I needed to get that same respect thrown back my way in the sense of, um, I know now what to, what to do with these songs and, and guys just let me roll. Let me do what I do because I, we, we, we're all in this band for a reason. We're all hand selected to do this band for a reason. And there's no, it, it's not necessary for them to tell me how to write a lyric or how to write a melody as much as I would do that to to Ron or Billy or anybody else in this band. Well, so that's that's why on this album I, I certainly have a hundred percent of the the freedom and the uh, the go ahead to, uh, to to take the reins on it. Well, that's when I uh, was going back to earlier, and it shows you can actually see it in the looks on your faces when you guys are playing together that there is such a mutual respect for each other and love of what the other person is doing in this band. And I don't see that a lot. You know, usually you look at a band and the guy's just looking at the neck of his guitar. He's looking at the audience or he's looking at the girl in the front row of which, you know, of course you guys are doing some of that as well, but you can actually see, I I watch you when you're not singing and you're looking, you're, you're moving your hands and you're watching the guitar player and the the guitar player is watching you when you're singing. And it's just, you could see the joy in the, in the, in the band members faces so i can see that when you bring something to the table it's not going to be criticized it's going to say yeah let's use that but let's use that here you know that's what i'm you know what i i guess i got really lucky we got really lucky that we all have the same ideals in common of how to and what we want to entertain the the audience with the fact we can only do what we do we Mm -hmm. can only write record and perform and and do what we do and hopefully it resonates to uh, the, the mass majority. Well, I definitely get it. You know, at least one journalist slash DJ gets it so and sees it. <laughs> awesome, so, man. you know, keep that in your back pocket if you need to. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've been friends long enough. I, I expect you to say that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now you were talking about lyrics. Now, I know there's a particular on the track that means uh, quite a bit to you, and that's the, the words to Desolate July, which is the it's kind of a ballad, but a tribute to uh, 
your late friend David Z. Tell us a little bit about how that track came to be and know that those of us that knew David, just how much we appreciate the fact that this song has come to be. Well, again, uh, as I already said, that that song, when I first heard it, it, it my, my ideal of I write based on what I hear, it, it harkens back to exactly that. As soon as I heard that song with the it, kind of the funeral bells at the beginning, it, it put me in that place immediately. I just I immediately knew that the song had to be for and about him. And and to be honest with you, we could have and should have done that uh, on the, the last solo. I'm sorry, the last Soto album, mm-hmm. because David was a part of that band. He was a huge part. You know, he was an equal partner. He was a, a writer. He was a, a brother. The whole all of the above. So that song probably should have been more of a personal statement or more of a personal tribute to him from all of us in the band Soto. But I also as Mike had a very close relationship, way, way longer than I, I had with David, the other guys in the band had their own personal relationships with David. I knew it would be, it, it would be, it probably would get a little more, um, I guess, attention if I did it with a band like Sons of Apollo. And then musically, I, there was nothing else I could write about that song. I can't even think of anything else I would have written in the context of, of that song as soon as I heard it. So I, I, I told the guys, you know, this is what I hear and this is what I like to do. I hope I have your blessing on it, that uh, I'm really going to push this as a tribute to David as as opposed to just another song I'm writing about thematically for someone or something else. And they all said, go for it, because obviously in releasing it and performing it live, I'm going to also make sure that people know that's about David. And Absolutely. David. You know, and, and it's a touchy subject because we've all lost somebody really close to us. You know, every day we're losing our peers, uh, rock stars, our family members, our friends. But this was such a personal thing. I had to make sure that I wasn't, um, I, I don't want to bring up something that's going to, well, we should have written this about my mother or my friend, or, you know, I wanted to make sure that we, we knew this was coming from a personal place, but it was it, not to be taken personally. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful melody too. Um, initially, who came up with the melody for that? Um, was that something that you that, also did, or was that something that no, Ron? You know, or? That, that 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 a majority of block of the uh, the melodies came from Derek. Uh-huh. He he wrote the I guess the majority of that song uh, on keyboard. So when we sat together and went over all the songs of where I'm singing, where 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 I should be concentrating on writing vocals for, he gave me the the. Uh, overall idea of those melodies and they because they fit so well over what he wrote musically and then i i took it from there and kind of refined it because if, if you heard derek sing it's it's <laughs> not something that that pleasurable but i knew it, i knew where he's coming from you know he he gives me general ideas for what he feels for it uh, on an actual piece of music and then from there i can then put my own emotion my own kind of spin on it God, and that was done i mean one of my favorite bands of all time did it that way. You know, Queen, they they all wrote individually before they wrote collectively. And Brian May would come up with something that Freddie would have to then put his own spin on. And if you heard the way Brian would have sung it or, or the original demo of the way Brian sang it, it was not even close to what Freddie did to it because Freddie put his own personality behind it. So that was... That's my role, to, to take something somebody else comes up with and then make just kind of crafted into something that I might have come up with. 
Well, it's a fine tribute to uh, to a really, really good guy and a, a very, very talented man. And it just, again, it's a beautiful, beautiful melody. So let's give that one a Thank spin you, right now. And uh, again, this was from Sons of Apollo 2020. The song is called Desolate July.
Junk Band, again with Jeff Scott Soto, vocalist from Sons of Apollo. And we're talking about the new record, 2020. Wow. That one really gets you every time you hear it. Just... Thank you. Yeah, it, even doing it live, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's strange to uh, to do a song that, that gets to you each and every time you do it. And because it seems like the more you do it, you don't become numb to it, but you do, you just kind of, you get used to doing it and you don't, it, it kind of gets, it just becomes a song at some point. But every time I get to that, uh, doing that song, I get to the end of it and I, I truly just feel crushed inside. I feel emotional and, you know, I, I think the audience can see it. I, I'm not just singing that song. I'm actually feeling that song, whether it's you're hearing it on the record or you're hearing it live. Wow, it's uh, it's very emotional, and it's just uh, it's a great listen, and it's uh, 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 watching you singing that live. Yeah, you could just feel the emotion coming out of you, and I uh, just want to to relay that to you. And I know get our any of our any of our listeners that are over in Europe that you're coming to them, and that they'll be able to experience that themselves um, very shortly. And again, February 29th, the end of the month. It's leap year, right? That's when it starts. How about that, <laughs> exactly. huh? In Germany. Leap year in Germany. So there you go. Indeed. Add that to your to your book of accomplishments, my friend. <laughs> and, we, and we sold out two shows. The first two shows are sold out. And that, that's a beautiful thing, too. Like wow. Our, our, the first tour of 2020, a, a leap year, and on the actual... 29th of February, that show is sold out. So it's a bit of an omen for us. Do you remember where you were the last leap year? <laughs> uh, I can't remember where I was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was asking, because I sure as hell don't remember what I was doing the last leap year. There's no way. Um, man, I'm telling you, in terms of in terms of touring, now you're bringing Tony McAlpine uh, with you on, on the tour as well, correct? That was only on the uh, on the US, the U.S. tour. Okay, yeah, Tony's actually doing a European tour. Probably, I think he's starting now or next week or right around the same time. But he's doing his own run at while we're out there. Man, that was such a treat seeing him playing because I know he was sick for a while. And I told him after the show, I said, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen you play. And I didn't go into why, obviously, but I mean, I said uh, it's good to know that he that he's feeling better and he's got that killer band. And the fact is that you guys get to go up and jam with him too which yeah, is which is killer Tony's such a great guy I, I I don't know him all that well I just I know of him and you know we've shared the same musicians and and uh especially Sons of Apollo because he was part of a band that was uh that originated that, that Sons of Apollo originated from so it, it, it's, it was great to, to see him every day and to kind of get to know him a little better and of course jam with him every night and so from that uh, I, I just have nothing but nice and positive things to say about this guy. I always have, but even more so now. Man, it was again. It was so much. It was so much fun for me that that evening as a musician, just to see from the beginning to the end, just the cream of the crop of so many amazing rock musicians, and a place was packed with. God, yeah. everybody in everybody in the biz was there that night with their mouths open watching you guys. It was but, uh, crazy packed. <laughs> uh, now, do you have a favorite track in on this particular record, and if so, why? I have to go with uh, "New World Today," uh-huh. and to me, that's uh, that's kind of like the the creme de la creme of my career. That song itself, it, I call those kind of songs the kitchen sink songs because. First of all, it's 16 minutes long. Mm-hmm. You have to do a lot of shit in a 16-minute <laughs> song to keep it interesting. Yes, you and do. <laughs> it, strangely, when I listen to that, that song on the record, it doesn't feel like 16 minutes to me. It doesn't even, doesn't even feel like 10 minutes to me. 
because there's so many interesting things going on from obviously musically, but when you even get to the, uh, the, the different, um, the, the different tempo changes and the, the different kind of vibes that are included in the song, it, it, it truly is like, it comes from that, the, uh, the epic days of when Rush would record like 2112 and the whole side A would be one song with different subcategories within subtitles within the song. Right. That to me was, I was so excited when I heard this because my, my God, I've never been a part of a song like that, a big epic monstrosity mammoth song like that. So as far as I'm concerned, this is like one of the ultimate mantelpieces of my career. And because, and I really dove into lyrically, I knew it had to be, it had to mean something and new world today. It, it reflects to what's going on in our country with, uh, with politics, with religion, with the Me Too movement, with uh, the taking a knee during the national anthem, all those things are factored into the lyrics. And I wanted to make sure I covered all those things, even you know, prayer in school, all these things that are now 20th century discussions and, and, um, and, and news topics. And so from that, having a 16 minute song allowed me to tap into all the things that we're that, that is part of the new world that we live in today, even even overseas, you know, Brexit and all these different things. Everything is included thematically into this that I would not have been able to pull off in a four minute song. That's interesting. <laughs> Just yeah, it's like a, it's like making a good uh, it's like making a good pot of stew. You know, you got to throw everything in there as it is. But and, you got to know how to throw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Throw everything in doesn't necessarily going to be. It's going to taste good. It's good, but it doesn't taste like my grandmother's. Right? You got to make exactly. it taste like your grandmother's. You know, so that's that's where it's at. But wow, it's a sixteen minute song. I don't know if we're going to have time to play that particular one. I I really um you know what I I would on another day if I wasn't playing a, a other really long songs like that. Um, what can you tell us about Fall to Ascend? That's another one that I, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, and again, um, I wrote, lyrically, I wrote it uh, to have a double entendre. Um, I, I, I absolutely love singing and performing this song live. I, I, it's, it's a, I, I can't say enough about everything on the record, but yeah, this particular one as well, it was... Um, let me see. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't think there was a, an actual direct context I used to 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 um, to go lyrically on it. But again, I think overall the lyrics on that kind of come from the same place as New World Today. Maybe a little bit of New World Today, but more concentrated on that particular one. Um, some people have said, "Did you write this about somebody you used to play with? Did you write this about?" Ex, you know, was it about Ingvi or Neil Sean or anybody that did you wrong or you felt did you wrong? Or is it about a relationship? And I, I said, none of the above. But I'm glad you take it that way because yeah. you can, you, however you read it, however you it's hear it. It's up to your own, interpretation, your own interpretation, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather not reveal what it's about because I, I again, I'd rather people put their own spin of what they think it's about because it might relate to them a little more. If I say it's about this, they'll say, Oh, that's, 
that has nothing to do with what I thought it was. So that it doesn't have the same meaning to them anymore. That's why I don't even like to explain where the lyrics come from on most of my things because it kind of pops the bubble of what somebody thought it might have been about. Well, here's another thing, too. You've got so many amazing musicians that are behind you. It might take some of the pressure off people thinking that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they might yeah, not be that. able to concentrate as much on the on what the lyrics are all about when they're busy listening to, you know, Mike tearing it up on the drums or, you know, Billy's bass on it, something like that. So, exactly. which is interesting that because that's what falls into the genre of the quote unquote progressive rock. Sometimes, you know, the lyrics on these things sometimes are misinterpreted a lot simply because people a lot of times are not listening to them first and foremost. So, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, with I this would, record, I would rather I, somebody, huh? yeah, I'd rather somebody take, get the wrong interpretation of my lyrics than to, than to, ruin their image of what they thought it was about well yeah so that's why I, I i give them i give them the full run to come up with their their own concept what they feel it's about or what they think i might have been writing about because it makes it more fun that way well myself i'm a drummer so i'm listening to the lyrics i'm following the vocal inflections you know so when right, i right, listen right. to a record like this thing with any of these other bands that are out there you know what i am listening to the lyrics and a lot of people they're listening to the guitar they're listening to the bass and again with every person in this particular band being such a a uh, a monster player it's uh it's easily to uh to get lost in the mix absolutely imagine, and, and so. again it, it harkens back to what i said earlier we yep. do what we do and we can only do what we do there's no crystal ball uh saying if people are going to resonate towards it or if it's going to leave any kind of impact we can only hope that people find something in what we're doing and and you know and and lock down to it well, Jeff, I cannot thank you enough for coming out with uh, with you and the guys for coming out with this record. I mean, I'm just I'm so impressed, and I'm so glad that you came out with a second one. Um, I'm thank hopefully you, that there's going to be a third, fourth, and fifth one too. You know, we're, I, we're I having just, those discussions literally as we speak. So, that's terrific. Uh, hey, this band ain't going anywhere anytime soon. What's cool too on not only on this too, I heard that that there's also a limited edition. Two CD package, which includes instrumental mixes and acapella excerpts, and uh, again, that's a that's a Portnoy thing. He he loves. Yep. He's such a fan of music. He's such a fan. We all are, but he's such a super fan of bonus stuff and giving people a little something extra yep. instead of just giving a, a general album. Okay, yeah, uh, there's nothing left. That's all we have, and and moving on. He loves pushing for other things because as a collector of these things and I was the same growing up I love B-sides I love yep. collecting singles because on the other side you might get something that's not released on the record you get these extras all these extras of your your favorite bands and he absolutely brings that to the table with us and for us and I love it when, when he said he's going to put an acapella I'm like oh Jesus I hope <laughs> this stuff's going to stand up naked without anything underneath it and it does it, it, it's it's a fun listen when you when you listen to just stripped down of what it what it actually sounds like without the music dude speaking of that props to you for singing acapella at the roxy show running to the soundboard for his <laughs> guys listen to this he runs to the soundboard looks me dead in the eye and whoever was behind me i think zach wilde was behind me and you're you're singing your lyrics you ran to the bar stood on the bar got a shot drank a shot of whatever the hell it was probably tequila or something like that it was and vodka. then yeah it was vodka okay well there you go <laughs> There you go. Question answered. Uh, and then sang a cappella, the 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 chorus of the particular song. Uh, this is at the end of just singing his lungs out for you know an hour 
before that. You know, it's just props to you, well, dude. I mean, it was just my uh, brother. Again, it was amazing. As I as we talked about earlier, when I'm up there, I, I shit happens that you don't even you don't even map out. Yeah, I didn't plan on going on the audience. I I did that every night on the first tour, and I didn't want to just do it just to do it. Okay, I did the last tour. I got to do it again. People expected. It felt like it just felt right to do it at that point. And I didn't, I think I maybe did it one more time on that tour or on that run, but I, I didn't plan it. I just, I just felt it. I'm like, I want to go do this. And I just did it. Well, watch your, watch yourself in Russia when you go over there. They might not be able to, to understand what's going on over there. You know, they may think nah, you're trying I, to invade. I, I had so. no problem when I did it every night on the, uh, the last stories. I, but again, I don't want to do it and just say, oh, okay, the old shtick, he's doing that again. I, I, if, if I'm going to do something like that, it's got to be either spontaneous. It's got to be worked out that it's different from the other times I've already done it. Well, again, thanks you. Thanks for uh, for letting us chat for a little while and give all my best and our best to uh, to the rest of the guys in the band and the crew and uh, whoever and just have a ball over there in Europe, man. I know you will. You got it. Uh, again, you can find out anything you want to about Sons of Apollo and just Google it or again check out the official website, um, social media, things like that. If you happen to be in Europe, hey, they're coming to you. You know, United States. Absolutely. I I look forward to when you guys come back again. I'm sure our people in South. America, as we spoke about, are going to get a taste of this too. But just go out and get the record; it's a treat. And um, you know, again, it's uh, it's my pleasure to uh, to be able to speak about it and appreciate it and tell you directly, my friend. So, my man, every time, man, it's a, I always look forward to chatting because it's when we do it, it, it seems like we're just talking one on one, like yep. like old bros. We're yep. not; it's not; it's not part of the. The interview regiment and yeah. cycle of, of yeah. an album or whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna. It's, I'm not gonna go stick it in a microphone and go. Who are your influences? <laughs> you know, that was amazing. Exactly. I'm not gonna be that guy. You know. Exactly. <laughs> Just know that. Uh, you know, that's probably what I what I what I am thinking in the back of my head. Right on, anyway, man. So. Appreciate that. I appreciate you. All right, again, Jeff Scott Soto. This is uh, Sons of Apollo and Fall to Ascend. And uh, thanks for uh, for calling in, my friend. Hang on the line just Thank for you. a moment.
And there you have it. Sons of Apollo, brand new, Fall to Ascend from their brand new record, 2020, also known to some of you as MMXX. <laughs> for those of us that can't read Roman numerals anyway. But uh, yeah, my thanks for uh, to singer Jeff Scott Soto for phoning in and telling us all about that record and the new tour that's going to Europe, which uh, starts on February 29th in Germany. And continues on to Norway, Sweden, Ukraine, Moscow. Oh, man, everywhere. Spain, France. Ends up in uh, Hungary, in Budapest, on March 25th. And then, who knows? We'll see. As he said, they're working on it. So, again, go to sonsofapollo.com or Google Sons of Apollo. And uh, check out anything you need to know about that particular band. But my thanks for for, uh, Jeff. Speaking with us, always such a great guy. Very, very articulate, always nice, in a great mood every time I've seen him. And, uh, man, as you can tell, quite a singer, and that's quite a band. Again, the uh, brand-new Sons of Apollo record. Go get it. You enjoying the show? Hope so. Check out Junkman Radio on um, online, you know? Well, obviously you are, but... <laughs> I meant like on Instagram and on Facebook, you can find it and uh, give it a like, follow it, whatever it is you do. Let's keep listening. Tell me what you like. I know I like this one. This is new from Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy getting on an age, man. I, you know, I think he, there's a lot of guys that should be laying it down here pretty soon and just saying, you know what? Enough's enough. Time to enjoy some retirement. I know Ozzy's definitely one of them. Although, you know, he's just one of those guys. He's like, let me, no, 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 going to die right here on stage, whatever. But, uh, you know, we all love Ozzy. He's such a great guy. And it's a cool new record out. I like this a lot. This is the latest from him. It's called Under the Graveyard. Brand new from Ozzy Osbourne on Junkman Radio. Brown my 
Be scared of me.
Greece, Eros, Tans, Kripler, Mankind Dead kings, many things I can't define Occasions, buzz, writings, flutter your mind In the sense of compliments, the color of time Who cares what games we choose? Little to win, but nothing to lose In the sense of compliments, meaningless bounds Turn on, tune in, turn your eyes around Look at your song, look at your song Yeah, you can do beat makes and politics nothing is new a yardstick for lunatics one point of view who cares what games we choose little to win but nothing to lose
Junkman Radio. Oh, man, what a cool tune from Oasis. A bell will ring. That kind of, you know what? I kind of ended up that set in uh, in <laughs> a little just thinking about my life in general, but I started the things out with Under the Graveyard from Ozzy Osbourne, and I got to back that up a little bit. You know what? I mean, I, I, I alluded earlier. I said, you know what? It might be time to Ozzy just to kind of mellow out a little bit. Well, look, he's in his 70s now, all right? So nothing against Ozzy. I love him. We all love him. And uh, there was a story about Elton John the other night. It was it was singing, and he lost his voice, and he just he had to be helped off the stage. He wasn't feeling very good. Now Ozzy, as you know, he's had a lot of um, health problems. You know, lately. I mean, yeah, he's in his seventies. He lived the life, you know. And eventually, you just have to, just like an athlete, you know, you just got to say when enough is enough. But you know, he just keeps on going. He's got brass balls, you know. He's just the, he's the guy. He just loves what he does. But, I mean, eventually, you know what? We want to keep Ozzy around for a while. He might have to sit down. But this new record is, is killer. It's really, really good. And Under the Graveyard is the name of that one. And I uh, hope you really enjoyed that because I did. I love it. And uh, if I love it, I think you'll love it. You know? I have a pretty wide taste in music, and that's why Junkman Radio exists. I just dig it. And if I dig it, I want to turn you on to it. So, anyway, no... Uh, Nothing against Ozzy, by any means. Hear that, Sharon? <laughs> I just, I think it might be just time to let him let him mellow out for a while, you know? He just put out this great record, and he wants to go back on the road again, and he just got sick and, you know, diagnosed with this and that, and, you know, it's just, oh, man. You know, I love the guy. He's awesome. So hang in there, Ozzy. Uh, Cherie Curry and Bree Darling, yes, they, uh, you know what, they came out of uh, out of the past and into the present in a big way and kicked open that door with this record, and that was the title track of it, uh, The Motivator, this past year. It was such a great record, and they got more to come, too, so God bless these uh, rocking ladies. They're awesome. The Rolling Stones with Dandelion, going back to the hippie days, and hey, far out, you know. It's 1967, Rolling Stones, you know. Everything's psychedelic. And it's just a very cool song. And of course, it's got the old uh, harpsichord on it and everything like that. Everybody was into that. I'm sure the puffy shirts were adorning the Rolling Stones members at the time. Strawberry alarm clock with incense and peppermints. Oh, yeah, far out, man. Let's do some psychedelics. You know? And then... Uh, <laughs> I decided to go into Weezer, We Are All on Drugs, which at the time a lot of people were. And then closed out that set with Oasis, A Bell Will Ring. And so for some of us, a bell did and said, hey, drugs aren't the answer, man. Life is the answer. Just take care of yourself and keep doing what you do. <laughs> we can go further that with uh, with song titles if you want to. Uh, I don't want to get all, um, you know, Jim Ladd on you, although nothing wrong with that either. He's a great dude and a great DJ. He likes to put his sets together with thematic things, you know. And occasionally, you know what, it's bound to happen here on Junkman Radio, and sometimes I do, and I'll tell you I'm doing, but sometimes it just happens with songs that I'm thinking of in my head. Because you know what, I really don't come in here with a playlist. I come in here with music that I like, but I don't have it like a uh, a plan on what I'm going to do. 
outside of a couple of things. So that's just how it is. It's uh, right off the top of the old noggin, as they like to say. <laughs> but I do like to play a lot of new music, and I like to play it first and like to turn you on to it. It's like this new band. This is a killer new band. Is They're called Black Swan. Yeah, Black Swan. Now, it's uh, it's with a bunch of rockers that you've heard of before. Robin McCauley is the singer. You've heard him from Macaulay Schenker Group. Uh, Reb Beach is the guitar player, and he has played with Winger, and he's played with Whitesnake and a few other bands. Jeff Pilson is on bass, and uh, Matt Starr is on drums. And it's a cool band, and this is a cool song. It's called Big Disaster, brand new from Black Swan here on Junk Band Radio.
Junk Band Radio. That's right. Hey, little progressive rock there for you, my friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started that set out with uh, new stuff from Black Swan. That one was called Big Disaster. And I hope you like that one. That, of course, uh, as I told you before, Robin McCauley on the vocals and uh, Reb Beach on the guitar. And uh, I'm telling you, it's a good record all the way around. That particular track is their latest. And it's from their new record. Big Disaster, the name of that song. Paul McCartney and Wings, going back to one of their records, that uh, Back to the Egg, which was kind of a hard one to find for a while. But I decided to give it a shot, give it a play. And uh, a great song called Getting Closer. And uh, I always liked that one, but it was really hard to find outside of vinyl for a number of years until I finally got a copy of it and uh, on digital. So there you go. Played Rush with the title track for A Farewell to Kings. Uh, of course, everybody talking about A Farewell to the King of Drums himself, the late, great Neil Peart. Still with lots of tributes to him. Uh, a local band out of the New England area, Connecticut to be specific, Jasper Wrath. That was from the mid-70s. Uh, a band that was pretty big locally when I was growing up in that area. And uh, they kind of evolved into a band called Eyes who played a lot of the clubs around the neighborhood, as did Jasper Wrath. And the singer, James Christian, ended up singing with House of Lords and uh, doing that later on in his career, which was interesting mix of, uh, you know, places. <laughs> he stayed very local to the East Coast for a while and then went out west and hooked up with a bunch of other people. And, uh, you know, they did all right. They had a couple of singles and did pretty good. And then after that, another band called Starcastle, who sound very much like the band Yes, and a nice 10-minute opus called Lady of the Lake. Uh, I, I guess I forgot to mention the Jasper Rath song was called You. And it was a big radio hit uh, on the local radio stations in Connecticut at the time in the mid-'70s. And same thing with Starcastle, uh, Lady of the Lake. So when I was growing up and into getting into the progressive rock scene, those were two of the ones that, uh, that I used to hear quite often on my radio stations of choice. Interesting, huh? How they've changed over the years. Oh, my goodness. Don't get me started. <laughs> That's why Junk Band Radio is here. I give you stuff that, uh, you know what, maybe you want to hear some stuff that doesn't exist anymore or some things you didn't know that existed or some new stuff and a variety of all with, of course, amusing banter in between by yours truly here, me being Junk Band. And right about now it's time to... Uh, to salute our sponsors, some of our sponsors anyway. One of them being VintageRock.com, who are very responsible for a lot of the sounds that you hear here, a lot of the music they supply. And it's a great website about all things vintage and rock, kind of like what I just talked about, but all, all, all genres of rock music uh, from old to new. And they've got great articles. Uh, I contribute quite a few to my, myself to the website. But check them out, VintageRock.com. And every show, we salute them with what I call a VintageRock.com six-pack. Six songs of a particular artist or a genre of my choice. 
And today, I don't know, I just decided to play some traffic simply because it's Monday in my neighborhood and there's always traffic on Mondays anywhere in Southern California. So let's uh, groove on some traffic music. Six songs, a vintagerock.com six-pack of traffic. So kick back, relax, and enjoy.
Your shadow slips away
Junkman Radio, wrapping up a VintageRock.com six-pack. Six songs from Traffic. Steve Winwood's greatest output, I would think, of any band that he was ever in. I personally look at it that way. But, uh, man, wrapping up with the classic, the long one, Low Spark of High-Heeled Boys. I believe that was uh, 1972, 73 release, something like that. But, uh, man, what a great record. Dear Mr. Fantasy, before that, another one um, from way back when. That one, long, long, long time ago. <laughs> Again, most of this stuff, you know, I think Traffic's first record was 1967 and uh, continued on through the uh, the early 70s. All right, we started that set out with Glad. Great piano riff on that. Just so much fun. It's bouncy. It's got it all, you know. Shoot out at the Fantasy Factory, showing the whole band, man, especially the drummer. Just kicking ass on that particular record. Light up or leave me alone. Gee, what's that all about? <laughs> we played Medicated Goo. And again, with Dear Mr. Fantasy and finishing up with Low Spark of High Heeled Boys. Again, to um, dedicate to our good friends at VintageRock.com. A VintageRock.com six-pack. All right. I'm hoping you enjoyed the show today because I'm about out of here. Back for another awesome, awesome Junkman Radio coming up again soon. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, program. I'm going to leave you with another band that I've been thinking about lately. I just haven't played on the show in a while. Is the band Dishwalla. I believe they're from Santa Barbara, California. Put out some great music, including this one right here. This one's called Haze. And I'm going to go leave in a fog, in a haze myself. So I'm out of here. It's Junk Band Radio. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.
Right. 